right, people, I'm not even doing a proper intro for today's show. You know the guy, I end basically every one of my daily shows with him, the governor of the free state of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Governor, how are you? I'm good, how you doing? I'm all right. I saw you at the Freedom Conference this past weekend, and I said to you that I'm not gonna bang you up too much in this interview. I have a feeling you'll be okay through this one. So look, everyone knows how I feel about Florida. Things are cooking, right? Are you just are you just feeling great about how things are going here? Because that's really how everyone's feeling at the moment. Well, there's energy here. I mean, I think, and you know, you're you're part of it because you know you were in a place that really used to be the the place where people would go for the American dream, California, and to see people coming three thousand miles to Florida and being really happy and feeling the excitement and the energy. It's really a unique time in the history of the state, but but it didn't happen by accident. I mean, it really was a result uh, of us making certain decisions that yes, we were gonna be a free state. Yes, we were not gonna end up becoming a Faucian dystopia. Yes, we're gonna stand for the right things across the board. And people have really responded. As you know, we're the fastest growing state in the country. We've led the nation in net in migration every year since I've been governor. And what's happening in the California, Illinois, New York, they're having net out migration. They're hemorrhaging people. And yes, that's happened in New York and Illinois uh, for, for a decent amount of time. But California was never a place people left. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had never had net, net migration, out migration until like four years ago from the time it was a state. And so I think it's something that people are very sensitive about the state governments that they live in. There's a wide chasm between quality of life in a place like Florida where woke goes to die, and some of these other places where they're really embracing woke ideology to really devastating impacts on things like public safety, where people don't feel safe in some of these cities anymore because so much of it's governed by ideology rather than the best interests of the public. So you just bounced around some of those blue states and cities to talk about law enforcement and a couple other things. We, we played a bunch of clips of you. Were the local officials there, maybe even the Democrats, kind of like, hey, Ron, thank you for coming here and can somebody fix this thing? I mean, are they secretly on the DL rooting for someone like you to show up and, and fix things? Because we just know it's not happening in these blue cities. So it's interesting, and in, in, in Chicago, the Chicago one was the most publicized because it was with the Fraternal Order Police, very powerful organization, and it had been publicized, I guess, like a week in advance. And so the left in Illinois was really working to gin up protest yeah. uh, against me when I came. So I'm pulling in, and this was at like an American Legion Hall, so they had to cap it, there was capacity uh, for who could get in. And I'm looking for these protesters, and I'm seeing all these people outside kind of hooting and hollering, And they all had signs welcoming me. There were some (laughs) protesters, but there weren't very many. But the rest were really thankful for that. And so I think the issue is, is, you know, some of these politicians kowtow to the left, the governor there, some of these people running for mayor. Uh, But I think you go underneath that and particularly for individual voters, regardless if you're a Republican or Democrat, you know that what they're doing is wrong. When they just abolished cash bail at the beginning of the year, New York did that and it failed. Why would you go down that road if you're Illinois, yet they're doing it? So I think people just want some sanity imposed. Uh, I think they like the fact that Florida, we really are common sense about a lot of this stuff, Uh, but we very much are proud of being a place where police officers wanna work because they know that it's not just me supporting them at the state government. That's important because if you have a governor it's not supportive, it's, it's bad for morale. 
but you go to the individual communities, whether it's where you are down in South Florida, whether it's the Panhandle, people in the communities genuinely appreciate the people that wear the uniform and that makes a difference for them. Yeah, I'm down in South Florida below Miami. I don't wanna say exactly, but I met my local mayor here and he told me we have not had a home break-in in 14 years, 14 yeah. years. It's just nuts. So, all right, I know we have, we have limited time here. So on the, on the Disney front and that whole, that whole fiasco that seemingly has just disappeared, you kind of beat the kingdom. Do you feel like you can now kind of wash your hands of this thing and Disney will behave differently and, and that there really will be some concrete changes here? Well, actually, what I did uh, this morning was sign the bill to finally uh, eliminate their self-governing status. Uh, we've put the area into state receivership. I've appointed people to, to manage it. Uh, we now have the ability to apply Florida law to them. They used to be exempt from the building code and all these other things. Yep. Uh, we also have the ability now so that they'll pay their fair share of taxes, which they didn't have to do for the last 60 years. And of course, they're going to honor all the debts the municipal debt that they rung up $700 million. And so that is um, basically treating them like we treat SeaWorld. <laughs> They're gonna be a, just another company. And you know, I wish everybody well in Florida, but here's the thing. They decided to take uh, political positions against our policy, which they have a right to do, don't get me wrong, but they did that while enjoying this special self-governing status that no one else in Florida enjoyed. They did it while enjoying subsidies and exemptions and all that stuff. So it's basically they're going after our policy and we're subsidizing their activism. So that was untenable. So I think we had no choice but to act. And so now you have a situation where they had one of the biggest sweetheart deals in modern American history, and that is now up in smoke. So since the title of the book is The Courage to Be Free, uh, I've heard you obviously publicly and privately talk about fighting with the media, and I get a sense that you really like it. Like you kind of like when they go after you. It doesn't even matter which side it's coming from. Is that something that you kind of learned on the job or, or were you, did you always have that kind of innate courage yourself? Well, I think in terms of just uh, you know the, the courage to stand for what's right and, and, and for freedom, in this day and age, as you know, so many of the elite institutions in our society, including the media, but also big tech, also the, ma the major corporations, universities, the bureaucracy, uh, they are pursuing a more woke left of center agenda. And so if you're somebody that's an impediment to that, if I'm standing here in Florida and say, no, no, not on my watch, this is where woke goes to die, well, they're not gonna like that. And they are gonna come at you uh, and they're gonna shoot at you. And you've gotta be willing to take that and you've gotta be willing to fight back. But if you're somebody that thinks in this day and age, standing for the right things is gonna be cost-free, then, the then you're in the wrong line of work. And so I, I, it's not that you enjoy it, but I view it as positive feedback when I have governors, all these Democrat governors just attacking me, you know, unilaterally, I have the yeah. New York, New York media obsessed with attacking me. Well, they wouldn't be doing that, Dave, if I wasn't effective and if I wasn't making a difference. And so that tells me we're on the right track and we've got to keep going. But it's not just a guy like me who's governing a big state. Yeah, I I'm a target. You know, you have parents that have gone to school board meetings to raise concerns about some of the things that are going on in the schools and they get smeared by media. Hell, Merrick Garland wanted to mobilize the FBI uh, to go after some of the parents. And so it's not just whatever level you're at, uh, just know that there will be some pushback, but ultimately 
if we want to maintain Florida as a free state and if we want to have a revival across America where our true principles are honored that makes us unique, uh, you're going to have to fight these fights and it, you are going to have to pay a certain price in terms of what people say about you uh, and the opposition that you generate. Right. And we show the pictures pretty much every day, but the same media guys who are going after you, they end up vacationing in Miami Beach and the Panhandle <laughs> and, and everywhere else. All right. Let me ask you, I will ask you actually one tough one. So this isn't all softball stuff. Uh, in terms of the amount of people that are coming here now, and last I heard it was about 1,200 people a day. The one thing that seems to be tough in Florida right now is that uh, housing prices are, because of the amount of people coming in, housing prices are rising. They seem to be rising across the country, even in places people are fleeing. Uh, but what can be done on that front so that the, you know, the OG Floridians don't feel like they're getting pushed out and all the new people feel like they can get a fair price? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, you know, on the one hand, uh, it, we're a victim of our own success on that because the demand is high to live, yeah. particularly where you're at. Um, well, one thing we are going to do, we're going to accelerate a lot of our infrastructure projects. So I have a bunch of projects in the hopper that are important for alleviate traffic, all this stuff all across the state. Uh, we're putting an extra $7 billion in so that I can get those done 13 years ahead of schedule, because some of these are on a 20-year plan. We don't have 20 years. Yeah. Too many people are coming. So yeah. having that infrastructure in place, I think, is important. That can also make it easier uh, to continue to build new housing. We do have it going up all over the, all over the state like never before, but it still hasn't kept pace with demand. So the uh, legislature is going to do a bill uh, to, to try to address uh, some of the needs in certain areas. And it's not just about, you know, the people that can afford, uh, you know, the big houses in the suburbs or, or nice. We have a lot of people who are very working class, working jobs. Maybe they're a waitress or something. And it's hard to find an apartment uh, in certain parts of the state. So we want to see more of that type of housing be able to be built. So there's going to be a big package that's done. Uh, and I think it'll I think it'll help. But at the end of the day, we've always been a state that's grown. Uh, we are building, but man, the growth is outstripping how fast these guys can build the homes. Now, of course, the inflation has been a huge problem because construction costs have gone through the roof. So what used to be a home, you know, in some exurb for 250000 now that's cost more so that they got to charge over 300000 put aside the demand. And of course, the demand drives it even higher. How much do you feel like you're fighting the, the federal government on, on a daily basis? I mean, obviously, you know, they cut FEMA kind of early after Hurricane Ian, the general stuff with inflation, as you just referenced, the DIE stuff that we're doing things here in Florida that they're pushing federally. I mean, do you really feel like you're just constantly at odds with them? And does it even matter, I guess? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that we, we are protecting Floridians with all that we've got. Uh, against the excesses of the Biden administration. I mean, for example, they did the, the MNRA vax mandate for the hospitals, and that was done under CMS. I had all these nurses, they didn't want to take it. Mm -hmm. A lot of them had already had COVID. Many of them had concerns, and so I didn't think they should lose their job over that, but they were going to impose this mandate. However, they required the state of Florida's hospital agency to survey the hospitals to ensure that the vaxes were being done. We rejected that. We decided that we are not gonna help this. And so they didn't have the ability to get the information. They find us, which is fine, find me, I don't care. We save tens of thousands of jobs across the state of Florida. So anytime we can step in uh, and protect people against this, we do, uh, and we'll continue to do. But here's, here's just shows you what's going on in the administration. You know that the FDA forced through 
emergency approval for MNRA vax for six-month-old babies. They didn't have data, they didn't show it was a benefit, but they rammed it through. Meanwhile, I've had an application under 2003 law that I did during Trump's administration. It's been sitting with Biden for over two years at the FDA, where I can, my state agencies can purchase drugs from Canada, the same drugs that we already mm -hmm. buy here. They're just cheaper. There's a provision of laws we do it. FDA says, well, we can't, we, we we're not sure it's safe. So they'll stick six month old babies with an MNRA shot on an emergency basis, but they won't let me buy these drugs? No, of course. What they're doing is they're basically running interference for big pharma. And that's typical of what Biden's been doing. So it's frustrating, but I think that we've done And Oh, by the way, and, and maybe we, you can uh, break this when it happens. We have a case in front of uh, the Northern District of Florida and the panhandle on Biden's catch and release immigration amnesty policies. We're going to win that case. It's, it, it's been submitted to the court. We're just waiting for the judge to rule. We think it's going to be probably sometime um, in March. And I think it's going to say his, his uh, catch and release is unconstitutional. That's going to have them, if that's applied nationwide, they're going to have to reevaluate their entire open border policies. So we're fighting back on a daily basis. Well, Governor, you have blueprinted this thing quite well, which is why me and my family moved here. And I'm, I'm proud to be in the fight with you. And now I got one more for you. I know you're on a massive blitz and you got to get to number one New York Times, although the ultimate credit would be if they don't put you on at all, because then you can really stick it to them, of course. But is there any other sort of announcement you might want to make or anything else you might want to talk about? As long as we're just chatting here, you know, anything else you want to say about anything or we could just end this now? You tell me. Well, wouldn't you like to know? I mean, that'd be a, that'd be a good one for you. But uh, now, listen, I appreciate, uh, you know, your story. And, and, and I'm really appreciative that, that you really like the state of Florida because I have similar stories and it and it makes us feel like we're, we're doing the right thing. So if people go to DeSantisBook.com, they can see some of the uh, the, the policies that kind of led to that. But uh, when people stop you on the street and thank you. Uh, for for having for creating a great environment, you know that's why you get into this business. That's why you deal with all the BS that you got to deal with because ultimately, you know, you're helping make people's lives better, and we've been able to do that here. Gov, I'll just tell you one last thing. So when I moved here and I'm walking my dog and everybody's coming up, oh, you you're the new guys living over there, and they say where are you from, and I'd go Cali, Los Angeles, and they start freaking out. So I realized what I should do is I have to keep a picture of me and you together on my phone. That's right. So when they say it, I go no no no, I know this guy, and then everybody's like. We're good. Governor, the book's going to crush it. Uh, I appreciate you. You helped change my life by getting me here and my whole team and, and two companies now with Rumble and Locals. So uh, thank you and, and hope to see uh, you and the First Lady soon. Okay, take care. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubenreport.locals.com.